Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends pretend to be bartenders and talk about gruesome murders. Each week, we feature a new cocktail, which has to tie into our stories. Although we are a casual comedy podcast, some of our subject material can be explicit. Listeners, be advised. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. I'm Drea. I'm Jackie. In case you don't know, because our voices sound similar but different. Yeah, same, same, but different. Same, same, but different, yes. I feel like, yeah, we have distinct voices. Jackie, why are we here today? What well, are we doing? Uh, we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what? It, yeah. I've been recording our conversations. What? And putting them on the internet. I've just been having cocktails with you. Drea, listen to me. People oh think you are fucking funny. What? Yeah. Ch- I'm gonna say People. I'm gonna say they're charmed, charmed by you. By me? Yeah. Tell me more. Well, um, the podcast is called Killer Cocktails. Okay. And it's a casual true crime podcast. What does that even mean? We're making up stories? No, 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 no. These are rooted in real events. So that means that terrible things happen to real people. So as when we're in conversation with each other, we try to be respectful of the fact that this did happen to somebody. Mm. Um, But at the same time, you also like when you talk about awful things, the only way to not get like sucked into a deep depression about it is to have a certain level of levity about it. That makes sense. And that's what I've been putting on the internet. Are we making money? Eh, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call it breaking even. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Well, I'm glad that that's working for you. Yeah, so now that you're aware of what's going on. Oh, perfect. Yeah, all those times that I filmed you, like, and Kimmery filmed you making cocktails and telling us how you made them, mm. that's all been going on Instagram. I was wondering why you guys were doing that. And I was like, well, you know, I'm camera ready. Why not? Do you- do you remember those those conversations you've been having with strangers via an Instagram account? That was also a part of this. Those were all my longtime friends from high school that I just don't remember who they are. Oh, golly. <clears throat> well, so on this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Uh, we're making a drink. Uh, let me pull it up here. It is called, I'm going to, I might mess this up. The Sassy Sister? I was like, how are you going to mess this up? It's the Sassy Sister. <laughs> We made sassy sisters. Oh, we made multiple sassy sisters. <laughs> can I can I just tell you yeah, yeah, yeah. something that I, I can, I'm gonna this is embarrassing. <gasps> I'm so excited. Jackie, it's, it's just between me and you. <laughs> it just occurred to me yeah. why it's called a sassy sister and that this distillery's from <laughs> sisters. <laughs> So I was wondering about that because you have <laughs> feel so dumb. You have Katie and Nick who yes, started it. They're and I was siblings. Like, I was they're like, not sisters. Yeah, I was like, that's a brother and a sister. I don't get. I didn't get it until you said it. Sisters Oregon. <laughs> Cascade Street Distilling is a very cool distillery. So I I wasn't able to go, but you, you were and, sick. Kimmy and I went. Yeah, you. And we had went. a. This is before ball. quarantine. Yeah, we stopped and had French fries before we went. Like, what? Kimmy and I had fun. Had French fries. Yeah. Friendship, French fries. We had friendship, French fries. It was really fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we went and like, <clears throat> Katie was super fun. We didn't meet Nick, her brother, but she talked about him. She talked about the other friend who has like roots with wild roots. It was, hey, I see what yeah. you did there. <laughs> it was really fun. So she made us all these delicious cocktails. We had this one. Kimberly really loves spicy drinks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so this drink is one of those spicy drinks. That's where the sassy comes in. The yes. Sass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is... Let me see if I can remember all the parts we put it in. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a chipotle, like peppered vodka. vodka yep. That's Which where you is get that spice. Uh huh. Um, there's, you can choose to put in tequila or not. We did, which uh-huh. I don't know if that was a great idea or we not. We didn't have the best tequila on hand. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we're know, like have, more booze. It's economic, you know, we're Hell tight yeah. times. Yeah. Is what you have. Yeah. Uh, pineapple juice. Uh huh. Orange juice. Orange juice. Simple syrup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm here for you. Thank you. Uh huh um here's what i'm gonna say yeah i'm not a huge fan of spicy drinks mm-hmm. so for me to like a spicy drink is a is a step like spicy beers i don't think you can find a spicy beer i like spicy cocktails hit or miss i feel like we had one that tatiana made us mm-hmm. that i was i was okay with that one and this one i'm gonna i'm gonna go okay with as well mm-hmm. I, I i'll like it maybe a step below like not a dislike yeah um kimri loved it yeah but she loves spicy drinks so if you depending on what your flavor profile is if you like spicy stuff i definitely recommend this drink 100 percent. and like you are uh, i don't like spicy, spicy no when i go to like a thai restaurant they're like you know one to five what do you want Negative and i'm one. like can you do like don't even like show it to a spicy thing like just bring it out to me like don't don't do anything to it um can it have been in a closet for a week (laughs) (laughs) um i like the taste profile like when i first took a sip i was like oh this is great you have your citrus you have your vodka Mm -hmm. you got a little tequila in there um but I don't like spicy, and so I wouldn't personally order this drink, but I think if you like spicy cocktails, you would love this That's cocktail. one of those things. It all depends on your personal preference. Exactly. Yeah. If you like yeah. spice, I do I do think this is a, and everything a drink nice. for people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if you are if you find yourself traveling through Sisters, Oregon, I can't believe that tie didn't occur to me. If you find yourself <laughs> in your Sisters, once this quarantine's lifted, you got to go into the, the little, and like when they're, you and I have to go like, we'll grab Kimmery. Yeah. I'll go again. We'll get French fries? Yes. Friendship, friendship, for sure. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cute little spot. And they have this fun little, like, you can rent out the back. Like, they had a cool shuffleboard area. Like, it was rad. Yeah. And, like, Katie did a really good job of describing, like, what their business is about, the history of it, how it's grown, Mm -hmm. the property they bought, like, the crazy old well that's on it, the big old barn they use. Like, it was... So locally sourced. It was just really cool. worth 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 doing, for sure. Make sure sure you don't go out there during the quilt festival, though. It's mayhem. They had to cancel the quilt festival this year. (gasps) Big deal. People are devastated. Big dog deal. They were going to do, I don't, I'm not sure when the quilt show happens, but they were going to try to come up with some sort of virtual <gasps> version of. I will say, so this past weekend, CrimeCon. So last week, two weekends ago, we were supposed to go to CrimeCon. <sighs> and we went to CrowdSolve in Seattle, and that was so much fun. And we we're so excited to go to CrimeCon. Um, but I will say, through quarantine, people are finding such creative ways to include people. And yeah. I'm, I am really stoked on how people are putting their material and their content virtually. So more people, people can People are a little bit more accessible than they've ever yes, been. Yes. It was more so, open to... There's yes. people showing up on podcasts mm-hmm. as interviewees mm-hmm. that podcasts have been trying for years to get them. Yes. But schedules don't line up. They can't make it to wherever. They live in this weird funking... You know, funking. This weird funky state or city mm-hmm. and they're like oh i don't really leave Louisiana, yeah. whatever it is you're getting really cool guests on yeah. podcasts because it can be digital now wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute can we get a cool guest uh yeah 
Who do you want to? Who do you want to? Now that you're aware that we're a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm in on the, you're the in secret, on the, you're in on it. I would love Karen Karen Smith. She's so cool. Yeah, she's a forensic expert we met at CrowdSolve. She's she is one of those people that within five seconds of meeting mm-hmm. her. You get her vibe immediately. You're like, we're going to be best friends. Oh, and you're just like, what a straight shooter. But she's... maybe not because she's so cool. Oh. But she she just came out with a podcast called Shattered Souls. She was talking about how it was going to come out, and we got yes. really excited last so she, fall. So she's been in the business for 20 plus years, and she talks about the cases that have just stuck with her. She was one of my favorite people that we listened oh, to. Oh, 100%. She kept it real. Yeah. So real. She was fun to ask questions to. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, my favorite memory of her is... <laughs> It's me going up an escalator and her coming down an escalator. She didn't see me, I'm sure. But she was dressed all in black, leather jacket. She's blonde hair, just kind of falling over her shoulders, sunglasses in her hair, and just being a badass. You could (laughs) feel the confidence. And I was like, that's what's up. Yeah. She was, oh, she's amazing. So she walks like she has a gun on her hip, even if she doesn't. Oh, maybe she does. Maybe she does. Maybe, (laughs) well, I would think she'd keep one in her boot. 100%. 100%. I'll bet she's got an ankle pistol. 100%. <laughs> um, we've gone off on the rails, but quarantine. Yeah. If you like spicy drinks, you'll enjoy the sassy sister. Let's get into some stories. Okay. Cocktail hour over. Perfect. Might have been an hour. Oh, I'm going first. Well, yeah, because I just did the... the oh, 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 Okay. I can do this. I'm new to this whole podcast thing. I don't know the format. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> What's so funny is that you're the reason it's a podcast. It was a joke to me that you were like, no, 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 it's going to be real. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do some fake episodes. (laughs) Yeah, I was ready for a fake podcast. Guess what? I got you. It's real. The next 10 years of your life. (laughs) Okay, Jackie, are you ready for a story? I love stories. I'm going to tell you about Delfina and Maria de Jesus Gonzalez. Can I? No. I learned my lesson. What do you want? I was going to have a guess. Okay. Uh, and then I remembered you got really upset at me last episode. Oh, go for it. I was going to say, hey, I don't think I'm, I have I'm going to guess that these two ga- gals are sisters. <laughs> I don't have it highlighted anywhere, so go ahead. I'm going to guess uh-huh. that these two gals are sassy sisters they are sassy sisters <laughs> i don't know about sassy but they're definitely sisters i said i wasn't gonna do it again but like you just you late like you just i know i i just plopped it on yeah there. i splooged you it just, all over the oh i said one, it and you did the movement one day this will be on youtube <laughs> and, our, and our show will be twice as funny gross okay <laughs> Um, okay, so right off the top, I'm going to cite my sources. Murderpedia had a great uh, list of articles all put together. And then I watched a YouTube channel, and um, her name is Chio, and her video is called uh, Las uh, Um Okay, so I'm going to dive right in. Um, so I'm going to tell you about uh, Delfina and Maria de Jesus Gonzalez. Um, they are born in El Salto um, Holisto, and they're born to a poor family. And it's around 1912. And I say that because I have the birthday of Delfina, but not of Maria de uh, Jesus. So I don't know quite when she was but born. it's old. It's old. Yes, it is older. I was like, why are you giving me those weird eyes? This is Andrea special. <laughs> um <clears throat> So their mother is extremely religious and she kind of, you know, 
puts that onto her children. She's like, I want to make sure that you're keeping up with your faith. Um, their father is very abusive and very dominant. Um, he's actually a police officer in their village and he often uh, abuses them and he abuses his power um, in general. Uh, for example, when Delafina and Maria de Jesus start to grow up, they want to start wearing makeup. They're wearing a little bit, you know, more form-fitting outfits. Um, and their father just hated it and so he can i yeah if 1912 let's call this the 1920s mm. <clears throat> maybe the 1930s so when we're describing form-fitting outfits sure, sure 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 these are like wool bathing suits probably do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. The, the, also what is setting people off is not risque by today's standards very relative though yeah could you imagine if they saw what we're wearing today oh my goodness i mean today i'm wearing a t-shirt and leggings but that's form-fitting your, your, your bare upper arms are showing these guns <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't bring my permit today Which way to the gun show <laughs> that way this way um so you know back then whatever they were doing blah 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 um so he okay so He's a police officer in the village, and he oftentimes abuses his power. Uh, for example, when Delafina and Maria uh, de Jesus start to grow up, they start to wear makeup, and they wear form-fitting clothing, and their father hates this, so as punishment, he would lock them up in the town jail for an extended period of time. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, but, he did it. But he did it. Yeah. But that's that's one of those abuses of powers you were talking about. Yes, that wasn't my example, actually. Imagine your dad being like, uh-uh-uh. You can't wear those shorts. Uh-huh. I'm going to put you in jail. That's insane. Can we segue real fast? Sure. This will be my one off-topic tangent for your story. Everybody at home, did you hear that? You're not going to be able to get drunk this episode because you won't be able to play the Jackie <laughs> drinking game of interruption. Go ahead, Jackie. This one is a good one. for this those is, at home. This is a good one, though. Okay. We work with someone who has two teenage daughters. And when... Ah. Oh! That's a great story. And when they got older and wanted to start wearing shorter shorts and a little bit more risque clothing yeah this fellow who is a fit individual himself mm -hmm. told them you know what that's fine anytime that you wear shorts that short i will wear where the pockets are hanging out yeah like yeah. so short the pockets hang out uh-huh i'll wear shorts that short and i will get out of the car to come pick you up yes. at school and soccer practice yes. and wherever and he did it <laughs> it was so good he was also the individual who came to work with shorts on like short shorts not that short um and rollerblades and he like no did no, the no you are mistelling the story roller skates sorry 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 roller skates and he did his job in roller skates. It was the funniest morning. Oh, it was so great. He was so good on skates. Oh, yeah. He's like he was a spinning. He'd like have a box in his hand and he'd spin <laughs> and then he'd stop and like look at you over uh -huh. his shoulder and skate away. I miss it, him. Quarantine, he's such man. A funny person. I can't wait to get back to co coworkers. I, I miss everyone. Everyone we work with. Okay. Um, okay. Back to the story. So at some point, their father gets into an argument with a man, and he ends up shooting this guy and killing him. Okay. So the father flees, and he leaves his wife and daughters, and he actually forgets that he had left one of his daughters in jail oh, come on. before he left. And so she's in there for a couple of months, and she's like, uh, what? Months? Months. Who is there no other police officers in this town? Eh. Who could say why she's in there? This is correct. I... 
I, this is going to get crazier, but uh-huh. that detail alone bothers me. Okay. So she's in there and she's like, I've been in here forever. I For ne- wearing a tank top. I need to get out. Uh, so she escapes with another prisoner. And when she's free, she meets up with her siblings. What city? What? what, what? We're in Mexico. Okay. Okay. Uh, she meets up with her siblings and they change their last name to Gonzalez and they move away. They're like, we got to get away from this crazy family. Um, they have a couple failed attempts at starting different businesses and like, like a bar and a liquor store, but nothing really is generating a lot of money. Okay. And then their mother ends up, uh, passing away and the mother had left them this inheritance. So they use that money to open a brothel in their hometown, which is very successful. The world's oldest profession. Yes. So how do they find these girls to work for them? The bus stop. No, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So they would actually go out to the countryside and they would kind of like look around and they'd be like, oh, you're, you're kind of pretty and you're, you're, you're kind of pretty and you're young. And we're talking about 12 to 15 age range right now. Um, and they would offer them jobs back in the city. And they'd be like, you can work for us and you could be a maid or you could be a waitress. You can make all this money. You could get away from the small town. Yeah. You can make something of yourself. And so... Some of the girls would go with them, or sometimes they'd place ads in, like, local, like, mm-hmm. posters and stuff, and they'd get uh, leads What's on that. crazy is this still happens. Yeah. Yep. Or if none of these leads were generating any um, new recruits, uh, they would just go out and kidnap them. Yeah. Um, one of Delaphine's lovers, uh, who was an army captain, would help her go mm-hmm. get these girls. Uh, his nickname was the Black Eagle. Um, and then, uh, Delafina's, uh, son, uh, Romain Torres, uh, AKA El Tiepo would, uh, be the muscle for the organization. So he'd okay. also go out and like kidnap young women. Um, and some of the girls, so, so she's now an adult adult cause she mm-hmm. has, I'm assuming at least a teenage to adult son who's mm-hmm. acting as muscle. So yeah. she's older, thir- late thirties. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they gather all these girls, and um, so it would kind of be like a funnel. So depending on how they perceived you look-wise, they'd start you at the bar. Um, if you were a virgin, they would save you and auction you off to the highest bidder for the night. Um, others would be brutally initiated into the group. Um, the girls were not allowed to go outside. They had to um, do whatever they were told. Otherwise, they were beaten. They were also made to buy necessities from the sisters. So if they needed clothes or food or water or makeup or what have you, they had to go to the sisters and be like, can I buy this? The company store. From you. And they would have a running tab. And so they would have to pay off that tab eventually. So it was... It's you indentured know, servitude. Exactly. Um and then they would also force feed the girls drugs in order to keep them docile. And um, they would also brutally torture the girls. Um, the sisters started to uh, bribe local officials to look the other way with money or time with the young girls. And eventually they expanded their operations and started multiple brothels and bars in several cities across Mexico. I guess I didn't know this style of human trafficking existed that long ago. Yeah. Why wouldn't it have? I don't know. I just assumed the. I, I, I don't know. It's but, like a newer. Yeah, I just kind of assumed that was within the last handful of decades. The whole like kidnapping and druggy. It just seems I don't know and why in my mind that's newer. And now it, it's obvious to me why it would be as old as time. But mm-hmm. that's crazy. Um. So they have all these establishments across Mexico. 
They even bought a ranch-style land area that resembled a, a concentration camp known as Ooh. Loma de uh, Angel. And so, like, they have multiple, like, compounds, like, buildings, and they have multiple rooms yeah. and what have you is going on in all those rooms. Um, oh, and by the way, so I've told you about these two sisters. Yeah. They actually have two other sisters who are helping them, and their names are Cameron and Maria Luisa. And they are helping at all the other locations that they have. So there's four sisters Dang. working on this operation. Um, and so eventually they buy a bar in Lagos. And um, there's this guy who owns it. And his his nickname is El Pocachi. And so that's how they got the name Las Pocaches. So, um, which they they hated. And I asked Car- Carrie, my friend who speaks Spanish, I was like, what does this mean? And she's like, it doesn't translate into English. Um, it's That's, like kind of a slang that terminology. Baffles me. Mm-hmm. I'm. I love when a word when they're like there just isn't a word for this. Mm-hmm. You're like no. Get the, and then there's a couple word like. To, nope. to think that it just doesn't come across, like, that's what I love about bilingual or trilingual. Like, you get people who speak so many different mm-hmm. languages, but they're like, no, there's no equivalent to this. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's ugly, it's beautiful. Yeah. No, I, I think there's words, I can't think of them now, but like in German where it's a whole concept of a feeling. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like it. It's beautiful. Okay, so back to the girls. They're they're captured. They they can't get away from their captors. Um, horrific things are happening to them, such as, so if one of the girls would get pregnant, she'd be beaten and forced to abort the child, um, which wasn't done in a hospital. They'd do it at the compound. If a girl got too sick due to malnourishment or she contracted an STD, she or she if she was getting too old or she wasn't complying to customer wishes, she would be locked in a room, starved to death, or the other girls would be forced to beat her to death. This is wild. Um, so, um, back to the Black Eagle, who is Delaphine's, uh, lover. Yeah. Um, and the sister chauffeur. So both of these men would then burn the bodies of the women that they had to kill on the premises, or they would bury them in, um, mass graves around the main ranch. Um, and actually, uh, men who came to the ranch who, like, exuded wealth, they would also kill them and take all of their money and so their bodies were left around the oh, compound as well it's a da- it's a dangerous place for everyone everyone yeah yeah yeah. and later on the sisters would be interviewed and they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. no th- the men who came to the compound they just didn't have an agreeable time with the food that we served them which is th- they died whoa uh-huh um in 1963 uh, Rom- a Roman Taurus, El Tiempo, who was uh, Delfina's mm-hmm. son, got into an argument with a police officer and was shot to death inside one of the brothels. And the police uh, closed the place down. And it is said that Delfino um, ordered uh, the Black Eagle to murder everyone involved who was like yeah where her son was killed and he did he went out and killed like all these police officers he felt that was connected to his death death and then in uh january of 1964 how is this not a show or a movie um it's been made so like the youtube channel i watched so a lot of the information i got was from her uh episode because a lot of this was in spanish articles that i wasn't able to read and she was able to translate and so there was like a book on this case, and there's been a couple movies, huh. um, but yeah, it just hasn't been picked up to my knowledge it's in the yeah. United States. 
Um, so in January of 1964, one of the girls, Ortega, managed to escape the ranch through a small opening in the wall. She was able to Jesus. run back to her mother, and together they went to Lyon and told the police everything that had happened. They soon got a search warrant and uh, an arrest warrant, actually, too. And on January 14th of 1964, they raided the ranch. Whoa. And when they raided the ranch, they found Delfina and Maria de Jesus dressed all in black, and they're still mourning the death of El Tiapos. Yeah. Um, and at this point, their sister uh, Cameron and Mary Luisa are at, like, other brothels. And then while searching the ranch, people from the village came to watch, and they were just enraged because they realized, like, what had been happening. People didn't really and, get it. Yeah, and they were like we want them lynched like we want them dead um and so like they're keeping them at bay and police are still searching and while they're searching they find this room and there's over a dozen emaciated women locked inside um and as they're leading the girls out to safety the girls are pointing at various spots on the ground being like there's bodies and there's bodies and their bodies so this in the 60s mm -hmm. so they start digging and they find the bodies of 11 men 80 women, oh and several babies and fetuses. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. How have you never heard about this? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then so the the sisters are escorted to jail, and they, they actually have to move towns because the town is just going yeah. in an uproar about it. And then a week later, uh, Maria Luisa goes to uh, Mexico City Police Station, and she turns herself in because she's like, someone's going to recognize me, and they're going to kill me. I need to get to safety. I need to just turn yeah. myself in. And she also thinks that uh, she won't be arrested since the judge had granted her immunity from the charges her sisters faced. But the police that she like gave herself up to were like, nope, you're being arrested. And thus begins this like wildly sensationalized trial. And dozens of girls who had been forced to work for the sisters, like, come forward, and they accuse them of rape, murder, and extortion. They said that the sisters practiced Satanism, forcing the women to practice sexual acts on animals, and killing and torturing dozens of young girls and men who came to the ranch. Um, they accused Delfina, Mary Luisa, Mary de Jesus, and Cameron of corrupting and bribing local and uh, state authorities, who were also regulars to the sisters' bars and brothels. So, like, everyone from, like like townspeople yeah. all the way up through the political system <clears throat> and even through the church system were yeah. said to have like frequented their uh, brothels. And so the trial itself was out of control. So the sisters were on trial and the crowd was like yelling profanity and they were yelling profanity yeah. back and it was this whole like chaotic mess. Um, but at the end of it, the judge is like, okay, I find you guilty. You are all getting 40 years in prison. Um, and while in prison, Delfina starts to lose it she's like someone in, in here is going to recognize me they're going to kill me they're like okay. everyone's after me she wants to be an ad seg mm-hmm. uh, and so on october 17th of 1968 some construction workers come to the jail and they're working right above her cell and they're like doing some maintenance and she's like hooting and hollering she's screaming she's ranting she's losing it from her cell so they look down to see what is going on and they accidentally drop a bucket of cement on her head which kills her. No. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Isn't that crazy? It's not what I thought was going to happen. I know. Uh, Cameron, uh, she dies of cancer while in prison. Maria, Maria Luisa d- dies alone in her cell on November of 19, uh, eight, uh, November 19th of 1984. And Maria de Jesus, the youngest sister, completed her sentence. And when she was released, she marries an inmate that she had met. And they just kind of disappear. A prison wife? 
uh, prison husband wife situation. Yeah. Oh, they're in the, they're yeah, the yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. mixed jail. But she is really so she is out in the world. Um, in 2002, <clears throat> workers clearing land for new housing development down the road from the ranch find the remains of about 20 skeletons in a pit. Wow. Authorities said that the victims were probably buried there in the 1950s or 1960s and were more victims of the sisters. If this is true, it raises the number of murders past 110 people. That's crazy. The Guinness Book of World Records dubbed them the most pro- prolific murder partnership. Okay. There's two. Well, there's more than two types, but I'm going to, for the argument of this conversation, there's two types of killers. There are killers who are like, off their rocker and they get off on killing people and then there are people where killing people just doesn't matter mm-hmm. and it's just business mm-hmm. and it's in the way of running their like business. the icebox killer yeah 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 assassins are that way uh drug cartel like there's just there's kind of two both are a different type of e- evil in italics but th- there's they're, they're, they're vastly different yeah but i i feel like which which group do you think has the higher body count? I almost feel like it's the business people versus the yeah like, serial killer. I would. I mean, the not the source number the the sample size yeah. of each is so small that True. it's hard to say. True. Um, but like off the cuff, I guess I would say the more business oriented um, view of killing. So wild. Because, like, even when I was watching that YouTube video, she was saying how they got into Satanism because yeah. they saw it as another avenue of making money. Yeah. Because they did it not because... I don't because think they believed in anything mm-hmm. that they're doing they, in that way. Because they saw a, an avenue to which to make more money. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So that's my story. It's a crazy story. I know. I'm sorry. Well... Good thing this isn't being recorded in mass produced to everybody now we're just talking all right so that was a heavy story i've got a little self-care for you Ooh, you have self-care for me it's in theme okay for what we're doing we got a little sassy sisters here okay um all right uh what do you say to your sister when she's crying i'm so sorry are you having a crisis (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah there you go. Oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's yourself. All right, I got one more for Okay, you. okay. All right. Um, my sister thinks she is so smart. She told me that onions are the only food that makes you cry. So I threw a coconut at her. Ouch. <laughs> Poor Jean. Yeah. Aw, Jean. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I feel a little bit better. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Uh, now we're going to head into the break. Okay. And uh, we'll be back, and then I'll tell you a story. Perfect. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to intermission, y'all. Hope you guys got some yummy snacks. This is a very special intermission. Yeah. The girls, the previous girls, Jackie and Treya of the past. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know because that was recorded before. We're allowed to be together. What? Yeah. Things have been lifted in Oregon. Our love can finally blossom. We can be together. (sighs) We can be in the same room. (laughs) Perfect. 
Yeah. Right. So we we were like, let's go, let's support one of our favorite local places, and mm-hmm. we'll follow all the rules, mm-hmm. and we'll go get a beer. And then we're like, well, we have to record the mid roll. Why don't we? Why don't we do it together? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. In Oregon right now, uh, some restaurants and bars are opening up. Um, so, which is really exciting because it means hopefully we're on a upturn from mm-hmm. all this craziness. We just have to be really responsible about it so we don't lose our privileges. Yes, exactly. Please be responsible if your state is starting to do phases and starting to open things up. Um, Drea, if you felt yeah. sick, you would tell me you wouldn't come hang out with me if you had a fever. Oh, yeah, 100%. Same? Mm, yes, I same. have a weekend immune system. <laughs> I'm not going Are out you trying with to kill I'm me? I'm joking with you. Is that why the other Drea and Jackie don't know? Because I'm dead? <gasps> Jackie! No, the, they're the past. Mm. We're the future. Yeah. And then but, we're going to go back to the if past I died, come back. But if I died in the past, now I wouldn't be here. This is Back to the Future all over again. <laughs> We digress. Anywho, um, it's so good to see your face. It's good to see you and Kimmery. In person. Oh, my goodness. If you were a little closer, I could touch it, but... My face. Yeah. Eh, Don't touch my face. I feel like we're not (laughs) supposed to be touching faces. Oh, okay. Not yet. That's that's phase four. (laughs) Phase four. Not allowed to touch faces. Um, Okay, guys. um, We're going to do a couple of callbacks to the last episode. Um, One of our listeners, Ash, uh, she Instagrammed me and she said... Oh my God, you and Jackie talking about going to restaurants and you needing to be there early to figure out what you need to order <laughs> and having anxiety about it. I feel personally attacked. It is so me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a thing. I know this is not just you. Yeah. This is a thing. But I, I just, my heart goes out to you that, that you feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I've worked around it. I, I live my life. I still go out. I just have plans in place. To ensure that there's no awkward situations. Yeah. But the I, thing is, they always come up no matter what. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm, I'm just exhausted for you. That's all. Thank you. Do you know why I'm tired all the time? It's because of this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to a degree, not really something that needs to be solved, but also to a degree needs to be solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once we figure it out, we'll let Ash know. Yeah, yeah. If it, you, Ash, if you feel like this is something that you would like to not do, yeah. maybe she enjoys it. Maybe she can Some hire you. Some people enjoy, you know. Maybe she can hire you as her fun coach. Jackie's my uh, fun coach, by the way, mm-hmm. because I, I work a lot, and so she pulls me out of that, and she teaches me how to have fun. And we've, we've tied in. I have a long tendril now that includes uh, getting you to sleep better. And Camry. Oh, Camry yeah. also. We've got yeah. these two little sleep strugglers. <laughs> I've yes, but like to- you also need help sleeping. Do you know... Do you know what? <laughs> do you, I? I also didn't know that you and Kimry talk extensively about my caffeine intake. <laughs> <laughs> you need to not take caffeine. It's so yummy. I, I, as someone who has coffee every day, I, yeah. I understand. But you also, you see where I'm coming from, though. I'm so tired. I need caffeine. And I then, do, and then I, I can't. But go you're to just sleep, you're bandaging problems. I know. This is a bigger conversation than for our intermission. If only I had a time. In in my life where I didn't have to go to work and everything was closed and I could get onto a sleep cycle, I just I don't see that ever happening. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely aren't taking advantage of the current situation. You are. You're busting your ass though. You're working very hard. Thank you. Um, okay, so that aside, we have that's some- fun. That's fun when you hear someone and you're like, I do that. Yes, that's yes. fun. Um, also last episode, if you guys, uh, didn't listen, we got into this whole conversation about firefighters and the prettiest <laughs> firefighters out getting charity with their boots. Um, so we had a listener email us. Drea, you sent Kimmery and I a text that er- erupted in giggles. Mm. Will you, can you find it on your phone? Will yes. you read the email from that mom? Yes. Cause it was so good. Yes. She says, 
Love your show. It seems uh, it keeps me sane while I work, especially during this pandemic. On Monday's show, you talked about the firefighters fundraising with a boot at uh, at intersections. Yes, it's done all over, but I believe they raise funds for charity, not the fire station. She said, to be fair, I don't know all firehouses. I think she's right. That sounds <laughs> that sounds more in line with. Yeah. Um, she also said that my son is a firefighter and looks forward to doing this each year. And yes, he's handsome. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Excuse me while I go make a cocktail. It's been a day. Firefighter mom. I love it. She is so cute. But no. And so obviously I had to do follow up questions. Um, so I shot her back an email and she shot back right away. She was like, so the local firehouse by them, um, they raised uh, money for ALS. And so she's like, I'm not sure that's for all the uh, mm-hmm. firehouses, but she sent me firefighters.mda.org, and you can find out more information there if you guys are interested. So we can figure out next time they'll be out there with yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like a, a yearly thing that they do. So it's really awesome. What else did she include? <laughs> she also included a very lovely photo of her son. A very handsome firefighter son. A very handsome firefighter son. Um, He's very handsome. So um, thank you so much for including that. That is so Um, cute. If you are also a mom who listens and has a sweet, handsome son (laughs) and you want to send your photo in, I'm not going to not. We're going to find you a man. (laughs) This is from his mom. (laughs) This is going to be a podcast. bachelorette situation (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh i love it yeah no i thought that was really really cute oh it was really cute yeah um well now i'm speechless (laughs) which is bad when you have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's only it's only mid-roll so we can just throw it back to the episode oh yeah screw jackie andrea the future (laughs) try to make up this weird situation bye bye Here we go. Jackie, tell me a story. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the Pappen sisters. Pappen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Drea, this is an old one. <gasps> Yay. That takes place in another country. <laughs> tell me. Wait, wait, wait. France? Yes. I know my last names. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Because I just called it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had some sort of special back pocket information. No. Nah. Okay. Uh, most of my information came from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Shout out Wikipedia. Um, and then there was this video on YouTube, and it's not normally where I get my stuff, but, um, Obsolete Oddity, I believe was the name oh. of the person who put it out. And the name of the episode or the video was The Gruesome Case of the Pappen Sisters. Are they French? Oh, they're French. French. So this takes place in France uh-huh. in the early 1900s. Ooh, it's an oldie. Mm-hmm. All right, so you've got uh, Clemens. I'm gonna I'm gonna say her name is Clemens and Gustav. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dating. Okay. Yeah. Sisters. No, these are uh, this is a man and a woman. Oh, sorry. So Clemens and Gustav, uh, oh, you're like so excited to call out my tie. <laughs> yeah. Clemens and Gustav are dating, but there's rumors that Clemens is uh, seeing her boss. Oh. And uh, having an affair with him. So she gets pregnant. Mm. And then Gustav is like, I'm going to marry you. Oh. We're dating. I'm going to marry you. Yeah. Five months later, little baby Amelia is born. Five so months. Yep. Okay. Now, Gustav is also dating her at the time. Yeah, sure. 
Could be Gustav's. We don't know. So little baby Amelia, born in 1901, and then Christine in 1905, and Leah in 1911. So a bunch of ladies. Yeah, a bunch of girls. So the girls had a really rough upbringing. Uh, Christine was born four years after Amelia, and the mom is like, oh, nope, I'm not doing this again. I'm not having another kid. So, so Christine is given to an aunt to raise. Okay. She's like, you raise Christine. I've already got this baby Amelia who's like four She's a handful enough. Um, then by the time that Leah is born, so this is like 10 years after Amelia, this is about the time that the mom learns that the dad has been molesting and has mm-hmm. raped Amelia. Okay. So the dad is like, she seduced me. What? This 10-year-old girl has seduced me and obviously not my fault so the mom is like well obviously she seduced you what the mom is like i'm gonna send amelia to go to this catholic orphanage so she's gonna be in this convent and she's gonna write whatever's wrong with her and i'm divorcing gustav so she divorces gustav now they're separate and she's because they've never gotten along he's out he's an alcoholic he's super abusive like gustav's not a great dude He's obviously not a great dude. He's been molesting her daughter. So, but she also is not believing her daughter or taking this the right way. She's like, you know what? Gustav, you're out of my life now. And now I've got this baby and I've got Christine who I've sent off with this aunt. And now I've sent this other one to go live in a convent. So then um, she's like, well, I don't want to deal with this new baby either. So she gives the new baby to a great uncle. And she's like, you raise little baby Leah. So now she's not really a mother and she doesn't have to deal with any of her kids. And the girls, so the convent is Le Bon Pasteur, which is a Catholic orphanage. uh, And it has a reputation for punishment and being really harsh. So that's why the mom, she's like, she's going to, like, that place will straighten out Amelia. So she sends Amelia there. And then... Amelia's kind of doing pretty well. Like, now that she's not around a mom who doesn't care about her and a dad who's abusive to her, she's doing really well at the orphanage. And Christine is living with, uh, I think, Gustav's brother and his wife. And the mom is like, you know what? And she's doing really well. She's like seven, maybe. And the mom's like, "Mm, you're also, you know, you're probably going to be a bad seed like your sister is. You're no longer going to live with your aunt and uncle. You're going to the orphanage, too. What? She sends Christine to the Catholic orphanage. Okay. So then, and Leah's still with the great uncle. So uh, while they're there, Amelia, again, really like takes to the structure of being there and the nuns and all this. So then when she's old enough, and I think it's when you're about like 15 or so, when she's old enough, she's like, I'm going to be a nun. Okay. I'm going to take the vows and I'm going to live in the convent. And like, this is going to be my life. So as soon as she does that, so at at some point, the great uncle that Leah is living with, he passes away. And so the mom, Clements, is like, oh, you're going to the orphanage too. So all three of them at one point end up at the same Catholic orphanage. So now Amelia has, uh, you know, she's taken the black. Now she's a nun. And you've got Christine who's getting old enough where she's not quite old enough to say that she, like, to truly take the vows, but she's saying, I'm going to do what Amelia did, and I'm also going to become a nun. And the mom's like, oh, bu- 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 bullshit. I was intending to have all of you guys become, like, live-in housemaids and give me your money. What? You don't, no, if you become nuns, I don't get anything out of it. So she pulls Christine 
out of the orphanage and she pulls Leah out of the orphanage. She's like, you guys are working. What? So she gets them. She gets Christine a job or like pushes her into these jobs. So she becomes a housekeeper. So I guess Leah's still in the orphanage for a little bit. She, so she pulls Christine out. Christine, because she's a little bit older. Uh, and again, like their training at the convent is like in housekeeping duties. So like Christine's good at what she does. She's like, mom pulls her out and she's like, hey, here's this town. It's all middle class families. Be a housekeeper for these people. And Christine crushes it. She's doing a really good job. And yeah, like she's got kind of a weird personality. Like she's really, she's not personable. She doesn't really look people in the eyes, but she does good work and she's relatively like sought after and people think highly of her. But the mom keeps making her quit jobs because she's like, these middle class people aren't paying very well. Mm. So she keeps having her quit and get a new family, quit and get a new, like just to make a little bit more, make a little bit more because the mom's taking all of her money. Mm-hmm. So eventually, Christine gets this job working for, um, let me get, this is in 1926. So Christine scores this gig, and she's working for a retired lawyer. He's Monsieur Lancelin. So she's a cook and a maid for him, his wife, Leonie, and they have two daughters. One is Genevieve, and the other uh, is older, and she doesn't live at the house. So it's Genevieve, the mom and the dad, and she's the the cook and the the live-in maid. So she's there for a handful of months and she's doing a really good job and they really like her. And then she's like, hey, um, you should hire my sister, Leah, to be your chambermaid. So at this time, Leah is like 15, maybe like she's just old enough to probably be taking her vows at the convent. And the mom's like, we got to get her out working too. get your sister a job. So she gets hired on. And so they have like the servants quarters and like where they're living is like kind of baller. So they're on the third story of this really nice house. It's heated. They have a balcony that looks out on the town. Damn. Like it's kind of unheard of for the help to have like a balcony and a view. So like they're doing pretty well. Um, so and the family's kind of pumped. They're like, dude, these sisters are great. They never go out. They never party. They're not looking for husbands. Mm-hmm. Like they just hang out with each other and they go to church on Sundays. And, like sometimes they go out into town. And when they sometimes go out into town, it's because they're going to a fortune teller. Okay. And this fortune teller tells them that they were previously a married couple in a different incarnation. The sisters? Uh-huh. Okay. Now, while the Lancelins are really into these sisters, and they're like, hey, they're kind of the the bee's knees, other people in town and other people that have had them work for them are like, mm, they're kind of, they're weird. They're socially awkward, and they don't, like, they're, they're just, they're strange, and they don't come off as normal. They're weird with each other. They're weird with other people, and the Lancelins are like, ah, whatever. They do good work. Um, so then Leonie, so this is the mother, she kind of becomes a mother figure to the girls. And Leonie learns that both of them are living in there. So they are, it's like free room and board. They're living in this nice house and they're paying them pretty well because it's a nice, you know, well-off family. She learns that the girls are sending all their money to their mom. And she's like, oh, this is bullshit. And she writes a letter to the mom and she's like, your gravy train has ended. How dare you take advantage of these girls? They live in my house. They work for me. I'm paying them and they are not going to pay you anymore. That's their money. Damn. And so they're kind of like, oh, this is okay. So things are good for a while. But then the mom, the one who just like stuck up for them, 
she kind of falls into this depression. I don't really know how or why, but she kind of falls into this depression. And then she starts kind of taking out that on the girls. Mm. So now where she used to think that all of their work was really good and was super happy with them, now she's being hypercritical and a little bit abusive. Like there's talks of when things weren't clean to her liking, she'd like smash their heads against mm. the wall. Oh my God. Like verbally and physically abusive with them. So at one point there's this instance where Leah was uh, sweeping and she missed this little scrap of paper and Leonie's like, you missed this scrap of paper, like pinched her super hard and kept pinching her until she bent down and picked up the piece of paper uh, and got rid, like so aggressive. Yeah. So then uh, Leah gets back, she's with her sister and she's like, the next time she does that, I'm standing up for myself. Mm. Like that's uncalled for. I'm not going to let her physically abuse me like that ever Which again. Which is crazy because she was just saying like, stand up for yourselves, empower yourselves. Yeah. And, yeah. So this is like, it's a couple of years later. So that was all like, they first got hired on, I think in uh, 1926. Mm-hmm. So then all of this kind of comes to a head in 1933. So they're with them for several years. Yeah. Um, so on February 2nd, 1933, Christine's 28, about 28. I think this is kind of where my math put me. And Leah's about 22. Um, and Leah's been with this family since she was about 15. So that's a significant little chunk of growing up. Um, so the Lancelons are all, they, they took off for the day. The dad goes off to his office. The mom and the daughter, they go off and they're like running errands and like doing shopping and stuff. The two ladies get back to the house and it's dark. Everything's dark. So they go to open up and Christine like meets them at the door. And Christine's like, hey, uh, Leah was plugging in a... Uh, iron like a faulty iron and it blew a fuse and it like kicked off all the power and according to christine lady lancelin freaks the fuck out and she just starts blowing a gasket and she gets super mad and then she's fighting with christine and christine in this fight with the lady so again who knows how this really kicked off grabs a pewter uh pewter pot pewter vase pewter jug and so mashes (gasps) her over the head with it. Oh. Then the daughter Genevieve is like, you're beating up my mom. She gets in. Then Leah sees that her sister's in, and it's just a melee. Yeah. This is like, I think on the like first floor landing. So they're in this huge brawl, all of them. And then uh, Christine starts yelling to her younger sister, Leah. She's like, gouge their eyes out, ah. smash their heads. She no. She's giving her sister instructions <gasps> of like, we're going to kill them. Yeah. And they do. And the sisters run off and they go and they get a hammer and a knife Ah, and they come back Ah. and they kill the mom and the daughter. What? And then, and then they like, they kind of flip a switch. They, they lift their skirts and just start cutting their bottoms and their thighs. Wait, what? Like each other or on themselves or? No, no, no. The, so they've killed the mom and the daughter yeah and now they're just cutting them oh oh no and then the daughter so genevieve was on her this is awful genevieve was on her period and they take her period blood and like they're basting so they start prepping their bodies like they're gonna cook them and christine later when they're talking to her is like oh it was like a recipe for rabbit out of a cookbook what so they're like kind of destroying the bodies and like based they're doing awful things 
And then, and then they leave the bodies and then they run up to their room and they lock the door and they're just in their room. Okay. So then the dad gets home and he gets to the front door <gasps> and it's bolted from the inside. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shoot. Because they're all supposed to go to dinner at another family's house. And he's like, I must have missed the girls. They've already left. So um, then he leaves. No. So he goes back. So he goes to the dinner to the dinner and he gets there and he's like, hey, you know, I'm expecting Genevieve and Leonie to be here. And they're like, no, they never got here. So then his son-in-law, I think, so one story said it was his friend. One story said it was his son-in-law. They're like, let's go check on him. So then he's like, because the door, like all the lights were out and the doors were locked. So they go back and the, the house is dark. Door is locked. There's one little, you can see candlelight flicker coming from the servants' quarters. So then they're like, okay. So they call the police. Police officer comes. They can't get in the front. He like hops over this garden wall. The police officer breaks in, finds the bodies. Oh. And he's like, oh, oh, this is bad. Yeah. And then he assumes that the two girls have also been murdered. So yeah. he like goes up and like, you can see the flicker of the candlelight coming through like the keyhole. Like he kind of gets <gasps> the light in that room. Yeah. So then he's like knocking on the door. They're not answering. And then they get a locksmith come. Locksmith breaks it in. They get in there and they find the two sisters and they're naked in bed together. And they have like, on the nightstand near them is the bloody <gasps> hammer. And pretty soon into like uh, interviewing them, they're like, oh, yeah, we did it. We totally murdered them. Yeah. Um, but it was self-defense. Like they attacked us. We thought we were going to die. We killed them. But then there's this like crazy overkill with the bodies. Yeah. So they go to trial. They get this lawyer, and the lawyer is like, "Oh, well, obviously they're insane. This is an insane de- uh, defense," and brings in all this history of like mental illness in their family and violence in their family and all this other stuff. I think the jury goes away for like forty minutes, comes back, and they're like, "They are guilty." And Christine, the older sister, is uh, given death by guillotine in the town square whoa that year like she's gonna die this year that's insane and leah is they're like she was under the influence of her sister leah gets 10 years hard labor okay so then like a year ish goes by and then christine's uh death sentence is commuted to a life in prison sentence do we know why that changed Uh, there was like a um like a different mayor came in. There was some uh, sort of political okay. change. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, all right, let's commute it to this. This will be life in prison. And then uh, Christine's losing her mind. Like she's being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And she's like, I need to see Leah. I need to see Leah. And they're like, you can't. And then like, I think when this new person came in that was also commuted the sentence, he was like, all right, you guys can like talk to each other. Because they were kept in a different prison. Yeah. So they bring them into the same room. And Christine like, flings open her shirt and is exposing her chest and she's like say yes and like all of these rumors of them having this incestual relationship everyone's like oh fuck there might be some truth to this and then they separate the girls again and because christine can't see leah she's like i'm i'm not gonna like she ends up in a straight jacket for a while and in 1937 she I, she's like I'm not going to eat. If you're not going to let me see my sister, I'm not going to eat. And she essentially dies of what they call wasting away. Okay. And her sister serves eight years. Uh huh. Gets out and then changes her name, moves to another town. What? Invites her mom to come live with her. What? And then starts being a maid at a hotel. 
What? And then it's kind of never heard from again. Well, and they do all these different, like, follow-ups. Like, there's a bunch of um, people that have, like, there was a documentary where they tried. Like, so there's a theory that she died in the 80s as an old woman. Yeah. That she had, like, had a stroke and didn't know who she was. Um, but that's essentially kind of like, and when this all happened, so in France, this was, like, a crazy big deal because all of, like, Sartre and, like, all these, like, famous philosophers and writers and stuff were, like, this story is the plight, uh, this is a class, this is class warfare. And mm-hmm. this is, the, these maids were forced to work 14-hour days every single day, and once a week got half a day off. Like, this is the working class fighting off the the oppressors mm-hmm. that are, so it was this big um, political story of, like, People got wrapped up in that they're sisters. People got wrapped up in that they're lesbians. Are they in love with each other? Or that they're poor and that these were rich people? Like there was all sorts of different things swirling around in the story. So what do you think their ultimate motive was? I don't know. So then there's this, uh, let me, okay, let's take a quick pause because there's a term. Okay, so they'd gone through, they had a bunch of different like psychological profiles done on them and they were like they're sane to fit trial and all that afterwards now there's this conclusion from people that say that this that the sisters suffered from shared paranoia disorder disorder Mm, okay all right so i'm just going to quote this from wikipedia um it's believed to occur occur when groups or pairs of people are isolated from the world developing paranoia and in which one partner dominates the other so people believe that Christine dominated Leah yeah. because they had this like super Catholic religious that they were in this orphanage that then when they were in this house, it was just the two of them in this mm. room. They would only go to church. Yeah. Um, the case has had a huge impact on the community and was debated intensely um, by like the intelligence community of the time. Um, and that this was part of the whole like exploitation of workers. Um, let me click on this shared paranoia. They call it folie a deux which is the shared psychosis yeah um i mean it makes sense right like if you're in a stockholm situation yeah if you feel like that's your only you know connection with another human being and that's your only you know what i mean yeah it's you guys against everyone else especially like an oppressor of your house that you you know mm-hmm. that's and what it's you your view. sister mm-hmm. she's your older sister. yeah you don't like you were raised you didn't know your mom. You mm-hmm. didn't like you were raised by this great uncle. And then you went to the church and you're mm-hmm. raised under these nuns. Yeah. yeah this, the syndrome is most commonly diagnosed when the two or more individuals concerned live in proximity and maybe socially or physically isolated, have little interaction with other people. Um, they've been proposed to describe how the delusion belief comes to be held by more than one person. Yeah. It was yeah. this whole fascinating. I could see. Yeah. I can see where that fits in on this case, for well, sure. Well, you can also see, like, Christine's reactions to things are very different than Leah's also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. But they were some sassy sisters. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I see your tie. Yep. <laughs> Is that your tie to the cocktail? Yeah, they were sisters. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that was clear from the very beginning, but sometimes I have to say it. Thank you. Um, no, that that was insane. That's crazy. Jay, that was super dense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story about my sassy sister. Your personal sassy sister. Yeah, my sister. Your. My sister, Jean. I snapped. I would never refer to her as sassy. 
But in this context of this story, we'll call her sassy. Tell me. I think I've told you the story before. Okay. Um, this was the moment I realized that my younger sister was stronger than me. <laughs> it's always an awful day when you um, realize that. So she's five years younger. Okay. And she's so much, so much stronger than me. <laughs> so we were like physically oh, really yeah. strong. Okay. Yeah. We, we were brushing our teeth. <laughs> And, like, fighting over this, like, we're just being sisters. And uh-huh. we're just, like, shoving each other and fighting over brushing our teeth in front of the sink, in front of the mirror. Sure. And, and, and it's, it's jovial and joking. And I and in my mind, we're just getting along and, like, having fun fighting. Sure. She pushed me so hard uh-huh. that I fell into the bathtub. Like toothbrush and all, toothpaste everywhere, uh-huh. fell into the bathtub, uh-huh. and then she just gave me this look. And in that, I'm the captain. And in that now. moment, I went, "Oh, the tables have turned, and you have to behave differently with her." She's the alpha. She was. I went. She could take you. <laughs> Recalibrate. Dang, Jean. I see you. Good job. Yeah. I was I was like a long distance runner, high jumper. Jean was a swimmer. Long distance runner? Yeah. What? That's not the Jackie I know. Running? <laughs> yeah. Long distance. I was really into running. Okay. 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 I got okay. pneumonia. It really knocked the wind out of my sails. Sure. I feel like I never I never uh, got back to running after that in the se- in the same sense because yeah. I do I love like there's a I hate. I hate going running. Everything about running is awful. Yeah. Until you're running. Uh-huh. And then there's Type like- Type two fun. Yeah. There's the beginning of it where you're like, this is fucking the worst. There's nothing worse. And then you hit this, like, there's this click over. And then you're like, ah. This, this is fun. all right. Yeah. And then you really like it. It's hard to get there. I don't get there as often or as quickly as I used to. Um, but yeah, I used to really like to run. Jackie, thank you so much for your self-care. I really needed that. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, thank you for going on this journey of, uh, finding out what a podcast is, knowing that I'm part of a podcast now. I think I'm going to change my tune from now on. I think this is a whole new world. I'm excited to start a podcast with you. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, until next week. Hashtag murder Monday. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, what? Let me tell you what our tagline is. We have a tagline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so repeat after me. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the show where the bodies are stiff. Okay. The nope, sh- stop. Rewind. Okay. I said it backwards. Okay, sure. Because that was the part I normally say. Okay. Your part. My part. The show where the drinks are stiff. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. say that. I'm going to say the show. Sure. Okay, sure. The show where the drinks are stiff. And the bodies are stiffer. What kind of tagline is that? That's kind of morbid. It is. It's a, well, it's a true crime podcast. Okay. Where the drinks are stiff. And the uh, bodies are stiffer. Because we drink on this podcast. Like a stiff drink. You've heard of a stiff drink. Sure. I mean, it's borderline. I guess I can get it behind it. <laughs> the eyebrows. <laughs> Okay, guys, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent is Jackie Andrea. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast. 
You can also head over to our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, where you can find more information about each episode, cocktail recipes, podcast merch. There's even a nifty little donation station button if you're feeling generous. We're a self-funded podcast, and all your donations do really help. Our logo was created by Michelle Michael Art, whose amazing work can be found at MichelleMichaelArt.com. That's Michelle with one L. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlust, and make sure you always tune in every Monday for hashtag Murder Monday. Ridiculous. I don't know why it's so funny. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> hey guys, it's Drea. This is Jackie. P. I this think we got too funky. No, that's a different drink. <laughs> See, this is what happens. No, but no, but I get confused. <laughs> it oh. Look <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. We didn't like any of the drinks. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>